What's up? This is Keith from Buck Cherry, and you're listening to Iron City Rocks. Welcome to episode 197 of the Iron City Rocks podcast. I am your host, John, coming to you from the Iron City of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Episode 197, we are joined by Buck Cherry guitarist Keith Nelson. They'll be in town to do a show on May 4th at Stage AE. Uh, Buck Cherry have a new album out, uh, and we wanted to catch up with them and learn about all the things going on with the band. Let's hear a track from the latest Buck Cherry album. This song is called Gluttony. We're going to talk to Keith. I get it started and then I'm broken hearted cause I can't get a hold of the beast It's like I'm blind, I'm running out of time, everything I crave is out of reach You say I drink too much, you say I fuck too much, so what the hell am I supposed to do? I wanna die and kill my dirty mind Society. You say I eat too much, you say I smoke too much What the fuck am I supposed to do? I wanna die again Ladies and gentlemen, with me on the show today I have Keith Nelson of the band Buck Cherry How are you doing today, Keith? I'm really good, man, how are you? Good, man, good So you guys have a brand new album out, Confessions Yeah, we do uh, It came out February the 19th, I believe And uh, we've been out on the road supporting it pretty much nonstop Wow, wow. So, you guys really are like workaholics when it comes to touring. I remember the first time I saw you guys play was back with the... Uh, with, 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 with Molly Crew? Yeah, that was the first time I got to see you live. Oh, yeah, the Crew Fest. That is uh, what used to be called Star Lake, right? Yes, 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 yes. And yeah. you guys, like, you hit that show, then you were through town like three more times right after that, still supporting the same album. And, you know, you guys, you know, you're always, always touring. Yeah, well, you know, we found it, uh, it's the most gratifying experience, you know, is to, to play live shows. And as as a working rock and roll band, that's what we do. We, we stay on the road and we, we play shows and take our music to the people every night. And, you know, that's, the, that's, that's what it's all about, really. You know, and I couldn't agree more. It's nice to see that ethic still out there. I mean, I, and I think I guess it's still out there for rock and roll, but I mean, you know, there's so much synth pop on the radio, and I have nothing against it, but it's all very much created to be, you know, it's made, then listened to, and not really enjoyed live. It's not really made for live performance, and you guys are clearly a live band. Clearly. Uh, the songs are written basically live. They're recorded basically live. <laughs> you know, it's all about playing live. It's all about the five of us connecting, playing the music. 
Well, and that's what gives it such a, such a good vibe. Because, I mean, like, I, I, I came back on to being a fan when 15 came out with Crazy Bitch. Like, that is probably, hands down, still one of the greatest rock and roll songs out there. I would put that right up there with Chuck Berry's Johnny Be Good for me. Oh, you're, um, that's, you're too kind. I appreciate that. Dude, that, that song, just wow. We'll talk about that a little later here. But, um, and then, you know, each album you guys have put out after that, just, you know, you get more and more solid as a unit. You can tell you're tight, but there's still that, there's still that live feel. And, like, so Confessions, I mean, you know, I put it in, I think the first track was Gluttony, and it just rips your head off from the get-go, and then you guys just keep going. You know, and you got a couple slower songs there, but there's still that rock vibe. So why don't you tell us a little bit about how Gluttony, or not Gluttony, I'm sorry, Confessions came together. Well, I mean, it came together like every other record comes together. You know, we sit around writing songs. Uh, but, you know, Josh and I had spoke over the years about the possibility of doing an EP of seven songs with the seven sins. And when it came time to, to do the next record, those conversations have come up, but obviously uh, from a business standpoint, handing in an EP to our record label wasn't going to work. So we took that same idea and just made a whole record out of it. And as we were writing the songs, um, they started to, lyrically they started to take on this really cinematic quality to them and we just encouraged Josh to write a backstory to it and then Stevie said why don't you write a screenplay to it because Josh had already been working on a screenplay loosely based on his life or some events in his life and um, so we just kind of married the two ideas and it, you know one thing led to another it really started out pretty innocently and it just snowballed into uh, a record with a theme uh, we're you know we're a little leery of calling it a concept record, but some people are referring to it as that. So this record with this theme and then a really amazing story that goes along with it that turned into a screenplay that uh, we're hoping to make a movie with. Very cool, very cool. And and you know it's it's funny like I don't know if I'd call it a concept record, but I mean there was a, definitely a theme there, and I liked how all the songs really feel connected. Yeah, well as as a producer of the record, it was my goal to make a record that you didn't necessarily have to know the backstory or know the story at all to pick it up, put it on, and enjoy it from beginning to end. Uh, so the challenge was to really make it work in both ways, to, to make a record that corresponded with the story and also make a record that stood on its own without anything. Yeah, I think you achieved that uh, quite well, quite well. I'm loving the new record. Thanks a lot, man. Uh, no problem. So, so you did all the producing on this record then? I did it with my co-producer, Marty Fredrickson, who okay. um, we worked with on the, the last record, the Black Butterfly record. And, um, you know, I, even though I feel on some level that I could produce the records completely on my own, it's really nice to have somebody outside of the band to run things by and uh, just to get another perspective on things. And uh, so I, I actually like it. I, you know, I, I like being... I like somebody else's suggestions other than mine. <laughs> yeah. So when it comes to like like the guitar work, since I know you know you're one of the primary guitar players, uh, do you do a lot of overdubs, or is it really just okay? We set things up live, we go for it, and then maybe fix a couple things if they need it. Well, when we write the songs, we're we're doing take after take after take live, running the song, running the song, running the song, and certain things will pop up in those live takes whether it's guitar solos, little bit parts, ideas. And so we have those tapes to refer back to, and ultimately we go back and kind of play the, you know, the best of the best of all those parts that you were doing. So 
I would say it's mostly live, but obviously when you listen to the record, there's two guitar players and there's sometimes there's five or six different things going on. So yeah. um, it's obviously overdubs, but it's not, they're never done in a way that we can't really pull it off live. You know, it all, it all goes back to serving that, you know? Yeah. And, and well, like with your tones on the record too, I was kind of curious because you have a very tight guitar tone, but it's not so tight that it doesn't have that old, like ACDC rock and roll kind of feel to it. So, so like, how do you go about getting your guitar sounds there? Well, you know, most of the guitar sounds, I'm, I'm very fortunate. I've been collecting gear for a long time. I'm a real gearhead. I, I own a recording studio. I own a lot of guitars and amplifiers and just yeah. in recording gear. So, um, I on this record, what we did was we took an, uh, a vintage style, you know, a vintage amp, like an old Marshall or an old Fender, and we took a more modern amp, and we we used them both at the same time, and then we kind of you know used the more modern amp for more of the more modern part of the sound, okay. and the vintage amp to kind of give what the what the newer amps can't give, and ultimately took those two amps and got them down to one sound on one fader so that there wasn't a whole lot of guesswork after the fact. Like, um, one of the problems I have with the way modern records are made when I watch them being made is that no one commits to anything and no one makes a choice and no one says, that's my guitar sound. They say, well, let's record all eight of them so that we can choose later. Yep. And there's a lot of decisiveness when we make our records. Like, that's the sound. We, we print the effects as they're going down. We don't wait till later. Um, we decide on our drum sounds now instead of fixing it later with samples. Um, so there's a lot of that going on. And just kind of, you know, um, we take a, I take a lot of pride in knowing what I like to hear. I don't know if it's great. I don't know if anyone else likes it, but I know I like it. And, you know, that's, that's what I'm trying to achieve when, when, when it's going by in real time. So the same thing goes with the guitar sounds. You know, I like to just kind of get what I want to get and, and commit to it. Wow. So I, I would guess that you wholeheartedly subscribe to the get it right at the source philosophy? Yeah. I mean, uh, you can, I, I'm not a believer in fixing in the mix. You know, you've got to get it right going in. And, uh, and that requires some ears and some patience and making some decisions. And, and I really hope that more people start getting that because, I mean, the best records out there, like anytime I've heard a record that I absolutely love, and you know, and and you know, your records are definitely records I sit down the minute I hear, go, man, that sounds great. It sounds like you guys, and it just, it sounds good, start to finish, no matter what parts you're in. And anytime I hear that, when I get to talk to anyone who's been involved with producing, they all seem to believe in the, well, get it right at the source, do it right the first time, you know. And and I I like what you're saying, like commit to the sound up front, you know, yeah, make I a mean, decision, stick with it. So, you know, most of my favorite records from years gone by were made like that, and uh, I'm a big believer in it. I think you're going to see that more and more. I think that, um, you know, there was a while there when I think modern music was in shaky ground for rock and rollers um, with pop and hip-hop and R&B and yeah. so some of the stuff that was really, you know, computer-generated, uh, producer-based music. And I think <clears throat> now with... You know, I mean, look, we've we've been trying to carry that torch for so long. But you see these mod these newer bands come out, and they're making records like that. And I think there's a lot of hope. There's a lot of hope. Yeah, yeah, I I, I gotta agree with you. Now, I mean, the, the the goal on the next record, not to get ahead of ourselves, is oh, to no, make no. it is to make it in three days live. Wow, that's what I want to wow. do on the next one. 
I think that'd be 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 pretty amazing. I mean, you know, it, you guys have it rehearsed and, and go through it. I think you can do it. But it, I mean, if you think about like that statement, some of my favorite records were made in less than a week. Yeah, I mean, I mean back the, to the old Zeppelin days, you know. Yeah, the the band can play, the singer can sing. Let's just record it. What a, what a novel idea. <laughs> you know, and amen to that. I am so over auto tune. Yeah. So so tired of hearing that. So you and um, you and you and Josh, you guys, you guys hooked up through a tattoo artist, if, if I recall correctly, right? Yeah. That's how you guys met. And then yeah. you've been making music since what, the late '90s together? Yeah, I mean, we met in what '95, late '95, early '96, somewhere around in there, and um, pretty much we've been writing partners and musical partners ever since, you know. That's awesome. So, I mean, I guess you guys really know each other pretty well from a creative standpoint, then. Yeah, I think the longer we do it, the the more comfortable we get with each other, and and the more we understand what inspires the other and what the other one, you know, likes and dislikes, like any other relationship. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I I also have noticed that you tend to favor Les Pauls. So, like, what kind of um, what kind of guitars do you use on the record, Paul wise? Well, I'm I have a I'm lucky enough to own a, a real 1959 Gibson Les Paul, so that oh. did about 98 percent of the work on the record for me. And um, you know, I love a great Fender Telecaster too. So um, I've got a few vintage ones that I use on the record. Nice. And um, you know, I, I <clears throat> went through a fascination with Rickenbacker guitars not long ago, and I acquired a few of those and. So a lot of the clean sounds that you hear on the record, you know, there's 12 string, there's anything chimey like that. It's usually uh, Rickenbacker. Wow. Stevie uses a lot of, uh, he's a vintage uh, Gibson Les Paul gold top with P90s that, that he used a lot and a great vintage SG. Nice. And I, I, I love the tones you get from those old guitars. There's just something about those sounds. Yeah, I mean, it's really hard to describe. <clears throat> um there's so much hype around, you know, especially the 59 Les Paul. And, uh, you know, Gibson does make a very fine reissue of that guitar. But there's something about the old ones that it's just, it's it's really, it's just there. Yeah, Hard to and, describe. And you got to wonder, like, will we ever know? It's, I mean, like the, the 59 Les Pauls, the 57 Strats, those are like the Stradivarius of the guitar world. You know. They really are, you know. And if if you look at uh, all the all the technology and all the all the modern knowledge that we have, they still I don't think they've been able to top that those designs from from the fifties. You know, it was a really such a magical golden era for the United States and design and production. But that's a whole other conversation. <laughs> it really is. It really is. I have one more question. I can't remember. Oh yeah, I know what I want to ask. <clears throat> so I saw you guys are endorsing Rapco cables. I think they're I, was it the Hog cable or the Big Hog, something like that. Well, you know what they've done is they they've been really really good to us as far as supporting us on the road and um, and uh, kind of giving us whatever we need and, and being really helpful and helping us with a lot of you know. There's a lot more cables going on on the stage than just the guitar cable. So they've been really, really a good partner for us. And uh, so that endorsement comes from the fact that we're actually out there 200 plus nights a year using them and they're holding up and they're sounding great and it's all good. 
Well, and it's funny that you, you say that about the 200-plus nights a year, because, I mean, obviously, like, you know, being a fan of the band, I'm quite aware that you guys, um, you know, you you make your money with your live show. Like, that's that's what the band is. And when I saw you guys endorsing Rapco, like, I never used to give them a second look as Cables, and then I saw you guys endorsing, like, oh, they must be pretty solid. Because, I mean, you know, if you're using these live, I mean, that's that's what makes or breaks a product. You know, there's a lot of products that are great in the studio in a perfect, clean environment, but to use it night after night and have it hold up, that's a product, you know? I, I, yeah, I think so, you know, and uh, um you know, some people don't think the cable matters. You know, some people do. Some people can hear it and some people can't. Uh, I think that, uh, you know, every little thing in the chain makes a difference. I agree. And I like to get as much stuff out of the chain as possible and keep it very simple. And, uh, you know, the cable's important. So um, it's been, the Raptor's been really, really good to us, and, and, and we wouldn't be using it if it didn't work. All right. Well, hey, Keith, I want to thank you for taking the time to speak with us today. I want to say that I'm really looking forward to coming back to Pittsburgh. You know, I grew up not far from there, and uh, uh, it's going to be a really great homecoming to be back in the city and the city of champions. Have you ever listened to an album and thought to yourself, man, I could do so much better than that? Well, here's your chance. My name is Sue, and I've decided to write my next album live and online at RageAndApathy.com. So come on over, leave me a comment, and tell me what you think about the album and where you think it should go. And as a bonus for you Iron City rockers out there, I will give you an exclusive copy of the first song as soon as I get it finished. So stop on over to RageAndApathy.com and join my madness.
All right, that was the track Beautifully Demolished from the appropriately named Beautifully Demolished the band on High Vol Music. You can find more information about that band at highvolmusic.com. Uh, great uh, kind of independent record label. I uh, really wanted to get that band on there because I think they have that kind of sleaze and sl- swagger that bands like Buck Cherry, L.A. Guns, Faster Pussycat, even early Guns N' Roses have. Another band I want to introduce you to, this is a band called Modern Superstar. I know it's a band that gets quite a bit of uh, attention when they come to Pittsburgh. This is a band called Modern Superstar with a track, Dirty Girl, also available at highvolmusic.com.
All right, folks, that brings us to the end of episode 197. I want to thank Keith Nelson from Buck Cherry. Again, they'll be in town on May 4th doing a show at Stage AE in Pittsburgh. But if you check Buck Cherry's website, they're playing all over the country. So uh, no reason to miss Buck Cherry when they bring their newest tour to your town. I want to invite you to check out ironcityrocks.com. We do a lot of pictorials on live shows. Uh, we just posted some great shots of Steel Panther, who tore it up in Pittsburgh uh, recently at Stage AE. Uh, but again, anywhere in the country you know Steel Panther, if you're a fan of this show, I would think they're right up your alley. Also invite you to check us out Facebook.com forward slash Iron City Rocks, Twitter.com forward slash Iron City Rocks. You can always email us, ironcityrocks at gmail.com. We love to hear from fans, bands, uh, haters, anything. Don't be afraid. Uh, we would welcome any feedback. Go to iTunes. Uh, you can subscribe to the podcast there. You can also go to the App Store and get Iron City Rocks Connect so you can listen to your favorite podcast while you're out and about also have tour dates and things like that on there as well also want to invite you to check out castironring.com which is a network of podcasts of which iron city rocks is a part we also have our own mobile app cast iron ring uh, in the itunes store a lot of tremendous shows uh ranging from very very extreme metal down uh to iron city rocks which is obviously not as extreme uh we have gear podcasts with signal and noise and all kinds of this great stuff. So it's really worth checking out, castironring.com. And also want to welcome you to check out our newest sister podcast, Heavy Metal Book Club, for those of you who are fans of reading about your favorite rockers, heavymetalbookclub.com. We're also on Facebook and Twitter. You can find links at heavymetalbookclub.com. I want to thank you. Uh, we know there are many, 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 many podcasts out there in the world, and we thank you for choosing Iron City Rocks. We work very hard to bring you what we feel is very interesting content. Uh, I have a great team, Aaron, Sean, Eric, and we have a whole fleet of photographers trying to bring you really interesting content. So if you have any suggestions, ironcityrocks.com. And until next time, thank you. Thank you.